Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with D-N-C-I-M-D. And we have a great show for you tonight. Browns get blowed out. NBA kicks off the 2021-2022 season. And the Cardinals stay undefeated. But we are going to begin today's show discussing the MLB postseason. We still have four teams left, but two teams seem to be getting hot. While two teams seem to be cooling off. Astros go are up 3-2 heading back to Houston. While the Dodgers are trying to even their series with the Braves right now. Braves are currently up on the Dodgers two games to one. But they're currently leading Dodgers 3-0 in their best of seven series. So will the winner of game three or will the winner of game four win the series between the Dodgers and the Braves? Well, at this point, since Freddie just set one free, it's up three zip and uh, Eddie Rosario hit one as well. They're teeing off on uh, Jose Urias, the unsung 20 game winner. It's quite possible because you do have that momentum to where it is 3-1, even though both, or all three of these games, I should say, the final score, margin of victory has been won. So this has been a very series, a very close series, possibly closer than you would think, considering where the Braves are without Acuna, without Soroka, without Ozuna, and with the Dodge having the lineup that they have, even without Muncie, there's definitely some quiz going on, though. Like, as we talked about in our production meeting, Gavin Lux is playing center while you have Trey Turner playing second. But Trey Turner has experience playing center. That's a head-scratcher for me. Corey Bull getting another start. I understand why he's pitching because Clayton Kershaw is not, but you have Tony Gonsolin in your bullpen. Gonsolin, who is a starter. And they just took David Price off of the roster. Like, that one, he's not injured. So, that is a head-scratcher for me as well. If the Braves win tonight, I'm calling it. Braves in six. I'm going to go Braves in six. If the Dodgers happen to come back tonight, I definitely see the momentum shifting to them because they still have Bueller. They still have Scherzer. Even though Freed and Morton can come back and pitch again, they ain't Max Scherzer and they ain't Walker Bueller. So this is a very pivotal game. The Braves, it's a must win for the Bravos. Yeah, I, agree. I 100% agree with you. I really think the winner of Game 4 
is going to win this series. I mean, I just think it's a tough loss to come off of last night. Uh, for anyone who missed it, Braves were winning 5-2, to two, really in command of the game. Eighth inning, Luke Jackson comes in and just starts giving up bombs. Um, and they wind up losing the game 6-5. Um, I'm feeling uncomfortable as a Braves fan. Um, Bellinger hit 155 during the regular season. And now he's batting over 300 in the playoffs. Where the hell was this when I needed you on my fantasy team? It's all right. Peaking at the right time. He's peaking right. at the still, right time. Still got the championship without him. That's all right. <laughs> uh, it was imp- it was important for the Braves to win the Scherzer game. But I don't know where they go from here. Um, they showed that they can beat Jansen. They also show that they themselves can give up a lead in the in the late innings, uh, and lose a game. And let's be real. I mean, the Dodgers are the champs. I mean, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. So, you know, you can't count them out. And I was actually surprised to see a stat. I think that was like the first win in Dodger postseason history where they were down by more than one run after the eighth inning isn't that wild like especially with their with their history of you know being in the playoffs and going back all the way to you know the 50s and 60s it's a mind-boggling stat considering leave it to the braves to give it to them (laughs) and even right now cody bellinger looks high as a kite it's amazing like i don't know what's going on over there at first base he looks like he was hitting the bait pen before he got out there but, yeah, well, Megatron just revealed that he used to smoke weed every day in the NFL, so that's interesting, too. So it's possible. It's definitely possible. <laughs> but so, um, for you, as a Braves fan, who are you looking for to step up? Like, who is who is your pick to click? Yeah, I just, for me, I feel more comfortable when they have more runs. I'm not, the pitching is the pitching. Like, you've got to pitch to the, the Dodgers lineup, which is seems almost impossible. Uh, I'm not going to lie. They're extremely lucky right now that Muncy's out. They're lucky that Turner's um, that Turner's hurt. Uh, Justin Turner, that he's hurt. I mean, he's playing, but his neck and his back and his hamstring, not, nothing's really right with that guy right now. He's an old man. Uh, and we're lucky that they left Price off the roster. Uh, Urias isn't pitching the way he's accustomed to pitching. I mean, he's usually a lights-out guy. He's he just doesn't seem to have it this postseason for whatever reason. So what am I looking for? I'm really looking for Albies to to step in and be the Acuna, you know, uh, steal bases, which he's been doing, score runs, get on base, and just play solid second base and play solid on the left side of the infield when they do the shift. Freddie's going to be Freddie. We know that. The pitching is what it is. You know what you're going to get with Freed. You know what you're getting with Charlie Morton. Everybody else is a toss-up. Everybody in the bullpen needs to be ready to pitch every day. And that's why I wasn't so mad at Luke Jackson last night because it's like, dude, he's pitched in every playoff game so far. And I even, I think I was texting you or I was texting another friend of mine. I'm like, he's he's consistent. He's consistently throwing a fastball and it's consistently high. At some point, someone is going to jack this. And sure as shit, right after that, bam, you know? So, Bellinger, gone. So, well, That's as, a Bra- a- as a Braves fan, you should be very familiar with this since you're, you had Kyle Farnsworth. So, yeah. So it's yeah. 2.0. But um, 
uh, something big that happened is uh, Waskar Yanoa. He had to be taken off the roster today. He was supposed to start tonight. Um, he had shoulder inflammation, and that's going to definitely put a cramp in their style. They had to start Jesse Chavez on short notice, but their rotation can't keep hitting, getting, you know, taking these hits. Like, I, think they brought in, I think they activated like Dylan Lee. I don't know who this guy is. I don't, I think. Nobody does. <laughs> Sounds like a brave already. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. It's really fine because you're not. They're going to score runs regardless of who's on the mound. This is we're not the San Francisco Giants. Like we're not we're not shutting out the Dodgers, okay? They're going to score runs. It's just a matter of can we keep pace with them? Can we not shit the bed in the late innings? And we've got to be able to beat Scherzer and we got to be able to hit Jansen. Those are their key guys in my opinion. At some point, they've got to turn over the baseball to that guy to close the game. And so we just keep it close or stay ahead and make sure that we're in that guy's head and beat that guy, we got a chance, man. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook, eat how you want to eat, eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. But on the other side, the Astros, they just took a 3-2 series lead. After being close to going down three games to one last night, they're all of a sudden up, heading back to Houston. Their late-game heroics were unreal in the ninth inning last night. So between Houston and Boston, which team has surprised you the most so far? It's a little from column A and a little from column B, actually. I was surprised how poorly Houston starters pitched. Zach Grinke didn't make it out of the second inning yesterday. He just got tagged, and it's clear that he's done. Like He's the right-handed Jamie Moyer at this point in his career. He's barely touching 85. And then today, you have Framber Valdez, who goes eight innings, one run, three hits. Like That was the most stellar performance we've seen from either side in this series, in my opinion. Um, the bats are there. Like, this is going to be an offensive series. I mean, when you put together three grand slams in one series, like, that's impressive. So, I, I, you know, all the credit in the world for Boston offense, but they needed more from Chris Sale today. They didn't get enough from Chris Sale today. And ultimately, like, this is going to be – you had the leading heroics from the Astros early on. The Red Sox bludgeon them, and they're going to have to keep bludgeoning them to keep the Astros at bay because they are, they're not going away quietly. That is for sure. No, but imagine if that, they hit three grand slams and they lose the series. Imagine that happens. Uh, Honestly, I can totally imagine it because I'm watching Kyle Schwarber at first base. Never played first base until this series. And it shows. 
Remember when they had Kevin Millar? Who did they have come in to replace Kevin Millar because he was butchered at first base? Doug McCavage. This is something that they very much need. They need another guy, and I don't think Bobby Dahlbeck is that guy. So they need another. They want Schwarber's bat in the lineup, but they also want to keep JD Davis, uh, JD Davis, JD Martinez as a DH. So you're kind of like shoehorning this guy in. Your your outfield defense is much improved, but now your infield defense is it's optimum. And this is where the Yankee trade comes in. They got Rizzo, and you wouldn't have a the Red Sox would not have a problem if they got their guy, the Yankees guy. That's I'm right. Just I'm just That's saying. That's right. If I had to say which team I'm more surprised with so far, I'd actually would say in this series, I'm really surprised with the Houston Astros. They had to come into this series without McCullers, and last night it looked like they were done. I mean, they looked like they were going down 3 1. They rally the end of the game, they tie it, they go ahead. Now they're three-two going back to Houston. I just can't. I can't imagine a scenario where Boston's going to be able to win two games in Houston. It's going to be tough, especially if Cora decides to make head-scratching decisions, like putting Gates in a ball be in the ninth inning. Yeah, what was I, yeah. that about? Well, Matt Barnes shit the bed, and he's not, you know, he's not up to snuff. So I guess you kind of have to go, you know, all hands on deck. But it really does feel like a panic move on Alex Cora's part. And yes, that pitch was a strike. I get it. But as a professional pitcher, Nathan Avaldi needs to come back and make a quality pitch. And we're not talking about this today. We're talking about how the the Astros fought back to make it three to make it three two in the other direction. Right, but we've talked about this before. We know what the scouting report on Evaldi. It's a fastball. It doesn't move much. He puts it in different places, and that's about it. I mean, he's not unhittable. And I think, from what I understand, they're actually going to go with Evaldi as the starter in either game six or either, yeah, it's either game six or game seven. They're going to go with him. So uh, they haven't lost their faith in him as a starter. Sales disappointing. I mean, he was out all year, and you think he's going to come back and be their savior and the dude can't he just can't get enough innings in i mean does anybody it's i know it's a silly question but does anybody go seven innings anymore and it's silly in the sense that because there were so many no hitters this year it just feels like these guys that we all look at as aces they're not they're not able to carry through with their starts well they're also not being managed as such too because the playoffs you're just Everybody's so eager to pull the trigger and get into their bullpen, whether their bullpen is good or not. But I, I find it very interesting that that these managers are so quick on the trigger. I get that you want to preserve the game before it gets at hand, but your starters got you there. You know, that they can give you the length, they can figure it out. It's not a situation like. You know what the Yankees do with Garrett Cole, where they want to like sometimes pull him so he doesn't get exposed around the third time again. This is a Which situation. Which to me is so silly. Yeah. It's so silly to say things like that. Like I don't remember ever thinking about those things like 10, 20 years ago. Like don't, do, I mean, don't we go in with a game plan? I remember Pedro 
Verlander, all those guys would purposely hide stuff in the early innings and wouldn't show it until the second or third time around facing certain guys. That's true. Justin Verlander, he is notorious for throwing harder at the end of the game than he did at the beginning of the game. So, you know, it, it was just a different class of pitcher. And I think it was just a different scouting report. You didn't have the cards in your hat kind of deal. You didn't have so much information that, you know, it's become a little paralysis by analysis. and Guys are, re- are hesitant to let it rip. And, and managers and coaching staffs are less likely to let their guys let it rip. I think the only exception right now is Max Scherzer. Like he's one of like I think he's one of the few guys that will use the analytics, but then ultimately just rely on his skill because he's grown angry right now. So yeah. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. One guy letting it rip in the NFL is Kyler Murray. Him and the Cards are the last undefeated team. Z, when are the Cardinals going to lose their first game? That's a fantastic question. I mean, realistically, we're going to touch on the Browns a little bit, but a healthy Browns team, you would think they'd have a shot. But they just got their doors blown off. And we thought the Browns were a decent enough team. But if you're looking at the Cardinals as a whole, their offense plays, you're tied for fifth in the NFL in rushing yards, right? So you have Ford and Flash, Chase Edmonds, Connor, you've got guys on that squad. Kyler Murray also contributes to that. Passing yards, ninth in the league. Their defense, 31st in the league in points allowed. So that's pretty darn good. And fourth in the league in points four. So it is... It's hard to really pinpoint an exact one. I can give you maybe week eight against Green Bay. I can give you maybe week 14 against the Rams. Like, those are the two, like, standout ones. Now, another one where, hey, maybe we'll get lucky and they get picked off, week 10 against the Panthers. Panthers defense is pretty decent. And they could possibly throw a monkey wrench into the season for the Arizona Cardinals. But I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. You may, you know, I don't think they'll get to Week 17 against the Cowboys. The Cowboys will definitely give them the game. But those are the three near, these are the three short-term games that I'm looking at. Green Bay, Carolina, and then the Rams. Well, I think we both can agree it's definitely not going to be this week when they play the Texans. Ah. Uh, <laughs> ooh, the Texans, uh, rumor has it the Dolphins have contacted the Texans about the possibility of trading for Deshaun Watson. Apparently, they're hitting the panic button. Not sure what's going to go on there. But to to answer my own question... And just uh, a quick interjection, I believe we had that one. Yeah, we definitely did. And we I had just, it first. I guess, you know, before we get back into this Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, uh, 
I just don't know how that's going to work. And I say this because he hasn't played all year. So if you're going to get him, now is the time to get him because I believe the Dolphins are on a bye. So we can learn the offense and then get at it next week. But is the NFL just going to suspend him the minute they try to play him? Like, why isn't he playing right now? Uh, That's what I'm still failing to understand. He hasn't been charged with anything. So is this just all smoke and mirrors? I mean, can this guy play, essentially? Or I don't really know what's happening here. I I honestly, I don't know. Uh, I think that the Dolphins are just trying to, to get something so that they can move forward in a better way because they know Tua Tunga by Lola is not the answer. Yeah, they, they figured that it. out. They yeah. figured that out pretty fucking quickly. So, well, no, they didn't. It took them two, three seasons and, and <laughs> half of this year. So not not quick enough, I don't think. Well, yeah. Not, I mean, they should have brought... I think we are in agreement on that. But yeah, there's no guarantee that he goes down with a hip injury that he, like he does in Washington if he stays in Miami see the predetermined outcome but they definitely we started seeing the cracks in the armor the cracks in the foundation when they started bringing 50 in from the bullpen so that the the writing was on the wall last year and and he even admitted this year yeah he He even admitted he even admitted that he didn't know all the plays last year they were limited in what they could call for him it's just like dude did you just play for alabama and nick saban like what are you only throwing outs and ups? Come on, man. Uh, but to go back to the Cardinals, I mean, they have some tough games coming up, right? You alluded to the Panthers, the Rams. They also have the 49ers. They have the Cowboys and the Bears. If people want to laugh about the Bears, the Bears do play defense. Um, however, in two weeks, I agree with you. They play the Packers. Now, that game is in Arizona. And the Packers just added Whitney Merciless from the Texans, good for Whitney, uh, to their defense. I'm assuming they're adding him in anticipation of that game that's coming up in two weeks. And so that's where I think their first loss is going to come. It makes the most sense. Aaron Rodgers, short week, it seems, you know, they're just, they're going to beat the snot out of Texans, not to spoil the option later. But they're going to beat the snot out of the Texans. I think we all can agree on that. But uh, it, it just it sets up it sets up very well. If they manage to get past the Packers, I really think that the Panthers will give them a game. I mean, granted, you know Sam Darnold has to go up against that defense, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think those seem the hey, most logical. Hey, hey, listen. I mean, Sam, you know. You- can say what you want about Sam. He's playing all right. Uh, the game he had against the Vikings was unbelievable how he came back, tied that game to send it to overtime. Bravo to Sam Darnold for getting it done. And his and his receivers were dropping balls all day and he had no Christian McCaffrey. I really do applaud Sam Darnold for the way he's been playing lately. Didn't play well this weekend, but in general. <laughs> yeah, well, in you general. Know. In general. Say, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. When was the last time they had Christian McCaffrey? Like, don't yeah. give me that. You know, don't give me this Christian McCaffrey shit anymore, man. What I say about him, Beckham, and Barkley. Don't waste your time. They're not going to play. No, but he, he, listen, like I said, this past weekend, 
against the Vikings, it was unbelievable. I mean, he just a lot of people were dropping his passes, but he played very well. No, Tim um, did very well, and Robbie Anderson, right? Uh, the Jet connection finally showed up to get them to overtime. So kudos to them; they played the Vikings tough. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. Moving on to a... A disappointing franchise, a disappointing team, in my opinion. The Browns were receivers of the most the most recent bludgeoning by the, the Cardinals. Browns got blown out by the Cardinals. Odell Beckham hurt his shoulder. Kareem Hunt hurt his calf. Baker dislocated his shoulder and tore his labrum in his non-throwing arm. Chubb is hurt. Defense gave up almost 40 points. Both tackles are out. Case Keenum is starting tomorrow night. Can we finally say same old Browns? Well, the proof is in the pudding on that one. And when you have that many players, you also didn't mention David Njoku. You didn't mention Juice Landry. Like These are also guys that are questionable, if not out completely. Uh, I think Miles Garrett is also dealing with some injuries and this just feels like one of those years, you know? It just feels, but it was a year and a week. Like, they had a year's worth of it. This is 49ers level epidemic in terms of injury. But the difference between the 49ers and the Browns is we actually had expectations for the Browns. And everybody did. Everybody did. Yeah. The Browns and the Bills. The Bills are meeting those expectations. The Browns have not, but it's also a little bit of bad luck in addition to poor play. You're talking about. They're first in rushing. It, that is able to, you know, keep them afloat in games. But points against, they're 11, you know, points for their ninth. Passing yards, 227.8, 26th in the league. It's not great. Baker Mayfield definitely is showing that he's not an elite-level quarterback. But as we're talking about in the production meeting, like, I don't I don't see him as low as you do. He's not an elite quarterback, but I would still take him a good amount of quarterbacks playing in this league right now. I would take them, I would definitely take him over like Geno Smith or Jacob Easton, who just got claimed off waivers from the Colts after they cut him loose. You know, I would take him over. But you're, name, you're naming backups. I would take him over Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is a shell of himself. I would take him over... I think Ben Roethlisberger's on a winning team right now, though. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger 
is on a winning team because Najee has right now. They finally got him a running back who can be a complimentary piece to the puzzle. And, oh, here's- TJ, and TJ Watt is playing great on defense. So it's a team effort all the way around, but I don't necessarily think that Ben has lived up to his end of the bargain. But, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's on, he's, first of all, he's younger. I would totally take him because of the age factor. And it's very similar in, in style of play. The problem is Ben Roethlisberger is like 6'4", 260, whereas Baker Mayfield is generously six foot tall. Z, Z, you are the GM of the Cleveland Browns. You finish this season with a losing record. Baker Mayfield and his agent come to you and say, we want over $40 million a year, five years, to stay in Cleveland. What is your response to that? Fuck no. Okay, Absolutely. that's what he's going to be looking for. That's what I'm trying to say here. We we were chatting about this, you know, the last couple of days, and I'm not, I, I'm not saying I'm a completely 180 from last week, but last week I was saying, like, Baker Mayfield is the is the Browns' best option. And then he goes out and plays like this against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The issue with Baker Mayfield is he's small, he's slow, and he doesn't have the arm strength of the other quarterbacks in the league. They're not winning games because of Baker Mayfield. The Buffalo Bills win game because of Josh Allen. The Baltimore Ravens win games because of Lamar Jackson. The Browns do not win games because Baker Mayfield, and now he's showing that he gets hurt. This is his second year where he's getting hurt, not able to play. And he's a tough son of a bitch. He's a tough guy. He's real tough. He's real competitive. But when you walk to this negotiating, and he bet on himself this year. He didn't want to talk contract. He was like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to show these people. And and that's great. And I'm, I'm proud of him. And good for him. He should. But the fact of the matter is this, brah, you are not getting $32 million per. And if the Browns give it to them, shame on them, because I wouldn't. That's also, it's also part and parcel of the position in the league. Let's, let's be fair here, because at one point, Matthew Stafford was the highest paid quarterback. Would you say Matthew Stafford was worth that at the time on Detroit? No. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was the highest paid quarterback in the league at one point. Was Joe Flacco pulling his weight with Baltimore? I wouldn't I would say no. Matt Ryan got paid the most in the league. Was Matt Ryan pull that the nature of the position? He well, hold on. forty million? Absolutely fucking not. Let me argue I have argue I have to argue three out of those I have to argue two out of the three guys. Flacco was coming off of a Super Bowl. So if 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 somehow Baker wills this team to a championship game, you have an argument. You can make the argument. Now, with Stafford, Stafford, I felt like Detroit always thought they were almost there because they had Megatron. It's like, we have the receiver. We got the quarterback. We just need to shore up the defense or we just need a running back. Like Detroit always felt like, oh, we're almost there. He's our guy. And Matthew Stafford is a passer. I mean, look at him now. He, he's a passer. He can throw the ball everywhere. He's a big and he, he's got a big arm. 
So, and Matt Ryan, I mean, Matt Ryan statistically, statistically was a top 10 quarterback. If you look at his numbers, statistically, Matt Ryan's always been a top 10 guy. So that's my only argument with those guys. But the other thing is, is Flacco wasn't a number one overall pick. Stafford was. Matt Ryan was. So you got to kind of argue this between those two guys, I would think. And to me, I just can't do it. Like, I can't, I could not give him this much money. But you know why? Because I have other pieces on this team that I got to take care of, right? I got to take care of Miles Garrett. I got to take care of Denzel Ward. Both of my running backs are elite running backs in my opinion i gotta keep kareem hunt i gotta keep nick chubb like these are players i have to keep i'm not sure you need to keep the five nine quarterback who can't run and gets hurt the priority i mean if he's he's settling into game manager territory so for most people like you're, you're not paying forty million dollars for a game manager. Right. Exactly. Like how many, how many right. times has Teddy Bridgewater been sent across the sent around the league, and he's garnering the reputation of a game manager? So you're not paying that money. And a realistic evaluation of talent. Where would you say Teddy Bridgewater is? I would say he's in the middle of the pack. He's not bottom eight. Right. I mean, right. So right. that's fine. Yeah. You, you can win like that but you need to temper your expectations and tailor your offense so that you're accentuating that rather than playing like a playground type of ball and Stefanski to his credit he has unleashed that two-headed running monster and that needs to be like that's got to be the bell cap of your offense that's for sure sure the problem, the sure. problem is is that you built up the uh, you need to get somebody out there who can actually hit the target because you have well when you have them you do have a credible passing game you do have credible weapons but when they're on the field they're not on on the the field field, that's the problem that becomes the problem so i would be willing if i was the gm of the browns to say this season is a wash much in the same way that san francisco rode off last season I would, See, be, I, I would be fine yeah. and willing to do that, but right. I would not be willing to. I, I would not come off my number for Baker Mayfield in order to keep this team together. So it's interesting you say that. It's interesting that you say to wash out this season. And I, we spoke about this at length yesterday, where I was like, I think Baker's played his last game as a Brown. I say he gets season-ending surgery and he's out for the rest of this year. They either trade him or don't give him an extension in the offseason and he gets cut or he's not a Brown. But let's look at the other side of this. Now, let's say this. We both agree that they're going to we, we can do this in the, the option later on. But we both kind of agree that the Browns are going to lose to the Broncos tomorrow. Von Miller wants to kill somebody and it's probably going to be whoever's at quarterback. OK, <laughs> so Browns fall to three and three. OK. Now, we talked about the slew of people that are injured, okay? Let's say they don't put Baker on IR. They they decide, let's let him heal. Guys, how about this? Let's take off the next month, okay? So we're going to sit everybody for the Brown Steelers next week on Halloween. 
We're going to sit everybody for the Browns-Bengals, which is a week after that. We're going to sit everybody for the Browns-Patriots game. We're essentially going to lose the next three games, where we'll probably be 3-6. and six. Now, after a month, we've given everybody a month to heal. Both tackles, Landry, Chubb, Kareem. Everybody's healthy for Lions-Browns November 21st. Right? We start off with a softie. We get that win. Boom. Okay, we won. Now we're four and six. Great. Now we got a challenge. We got the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Got to beat them. Got to beat them. And we're healthy. We should at least compete. Okay? I'm listening. Then, I'm listening. Right? And now you're opening up the door to win your game. Because then after that, there's a bye. Then you get a bye. Okay? And then you play... The Ravens again, weird schedule, this time at home, win that game. Then you have the Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Browns. You could finish the season 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs. And then you're going to see what your team is. But I think the name of the game is, is like, hey, let's rest for a month and let's try to start this over. And the perfect team to come back against is the Lions. We beat the Lions. We beat the Ravens, we're on a bye, we play the Ravens again, and by that time, we're going to know what kind of team we are. We're going to know what we can do, and we're going to know what our options are. But as of right now, they look dead in the water. But another they team... Dead. They look dead in the water right now, but I'm going to throw this out here, and I'm going to see what you think. Because the Lions, right? We, you mentioned the Lions. They are unhappy with Jared Goff, right? To the point where they're actually openly... <laughs> Discussing whether or not they want to start David Blau over him. Exactly. They want to start Blau over Derek Goff. If you get a bad diagnosis on Baker Mayfield and it forces him on IR, and you feel like you're in, you can still make something out of this season, do you call the Lions and offer them like a fifth round pick? No. No. No way. The only team you're calling to get a quarterback is the Texans. But that's again, you're you're only making that deal if you're if you're so confident that you could win with this roster, and I don't think they are. Or the, do the, you the, call the, newly back to Cam Newton? Yes, that I think would be a smart move to do during the buy is to bring him in and start getting him up to speed because he would be a great addition to a, this power running team. Chubb, Hunt, and Newton. Ah, that looks yeah, that that sounds scary. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Move to another terrible team. I don't want to give it all to the Browns. <laughs> the Giants get blown out, blowed out by the Rams. Daniel Jones accounted for four turnovers. John Wooford, the Rams backup, played most of the fourth quarter for the Rams. While Daniel Jones 
played the entire game. What was Coach Judge trying to prove? Well, I'm going to give some love to the Organized Chaos podcast with uh, our friends Bart Scott and Rex Ryan. They have a lovely nickname for Joe Judge, and it's Joe Hardass. You know, Coach Joe Hardass. He's tra- he's still trying to establish himself in that locker room, the player, the highway, and frankly, 29-51, 2-42, no touchdowns, three picks. Who are you going to bench him for? For Mike Lennon? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. You lost Tony. That one's going to hurt. You definitely lost Tony for a little bit. Devontae Booker, 12 for 41 out of the backfield. No running game outside of Saquon Barkley again. So it's, you know, it's same old Giants. The same we were talking about the same old Browns. At this point, it's the same old Giants. They bring in Dante Pettis off the freaking scrap and their second leading receiver. Injuries have ravaged this team. Penalties have ravaged this team. Undisciplined, undisciplined players has ravaged this team. And they are going nowhere fast. And to make matters worse, they keep doing these tributes to the 2011 team. And all you're doing is reminding Giant fans of a bet team. Bradshaw, Jacobs, Eli, that entire offensive line could probably suit up now. And they're in their mid-40s. And they could do a better job than the Drek, the absolute garbage that is being put on the field right now. A head pass to roll. Because I have no faith that the Giants winning anytime soon. And with the expectations, maybe they were unrealistic based on last year. It was a bad division. They finished in second place. They just missed out on a playoff spot. But this team has failed to make the leap. And Galladay has not done what what he was brought in to do. And frankly, Joe Judge is just trying to do what all rookie and second-year coaches are trying are trying to do. They're still trying to establish themselves in that locker room, and it is royally failing. Yeah, well, at least he's uh, he's not we- he's not wearing the numbers on his visor of the injured players like Nick Sirianni's doing. But that's neither here nor there. Um, oh, this guy. He's trying real hard. Uh, I don't have a problem with Daniel Jones finishing the game. But I do have a problem with Judge calling for a quarterback sneak for a guy who was in concussion protocol all fucking week. Why would you do that? What are you doing? Why is he running anywhere but out of bounds or sliding? So that's my only beef with, with him staying in the whole game. You want to keep him in and, and let him rack up some bullshit yards or try to get some rhythm or try to see something? Yeah, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you mentioned it. All his skilled players are out. They're playing the Rams, who are they're not a top 10 or 20 defense, but they have top 10 talent on their defense. And they're also my fantasy defense. And they opened, they opened the Cannibal Bass last weekend. So, uh... Don't have a problem with it. Um, not sure how I feel about Judge. Like I said, I, to me, he's kind of in that Gettleman boat. He's kind of dealt a, He's been dealt a, a, a 
not such a great deck, you know, because a lot of his players are hurt. I don't know what the scheme is. I don't know what the game plan is. He just seems to me at this point more of a special teams coach than a football coach. And that could be a problem. Like, I think they were looking for that Harbaugh. But, I mean, Harbaugh, I don't know all of Judge's experience. I know he's been in the league a while and he's a special teams guy. But I know Harbaugh, he coached wide receivers at one point. He coached defensive guys. Like, he's coached other parts of the team besides being a special teams coach and then coming on to the Ravens. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't particularly Joe's know just, where the Giants are going. Yeah, here. I think his resume was that he was a wideouts coach and a quarterbacks coach in college. So, if I remember Solid. correctly. But Mississippi State, too. It wasn't even like it was, you know, it was, I thought it was made up, like it was a school from the Waterboy or something like that. But, you know. The Mud Dogs. Exactly. Like, Bobby Boucher was his best player. But, yeah, he looks like he's in over his head. Jason Garrett is not helping matters much. Not having not having explosive personnel isn't helping. It's all a snowball effect. Much in the way the injuries have been a snowball effect for the Cleveland Browns. But one thing is, is with the Browns, Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year last year, so I have more confidence that he can figure this out. He was an offensive coordinator. He was, you know, a, a position coach in the NFL, so I think more than anything else, he'll get to figure it out. Joe Judge, in, like, in true fashion, as part of that Belichick coaching tree, he doesn't look like he was totally prepared. He thought he was. The Giants thought he was. But it's nobody comes out of the Belichick system fully prepared to be a head coach in this league. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. how this goes we have a statement if we disagree with that statement it is bullshit if we agree with it it is no shit so let's see how we do bullshit or no shit number one lamar jackson is the best qb in the nfl right now i mean i'm partial Right, like I mean, you're talking well, about. Remind I, everybody who your who's your favorite team. Remind us all. I mean, the Ravens are my favorite team, but I mean, Tom Brady's my favorite player. So I'm gonna actually say bullshit. Uh, Colt Rick Flair once again to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And right now, the best quarterback in the NFL and the best quarterback of all time is 44-year-old Tom Brady, who has 19 touchdowns, four interceptions. His team is 5-1, and one, and I believe two weeks ago, he threw five touchdown passes. Uh, he looks great. I can see where the allure of Jackson is, since he racks up a lot of yards on the ground and through the air, but it's Brady all the way. I mean, let's do a deeper dive into the numbers. He's ninth in the league in yards. He's 12th in the league in uh, average Touchdowns, he's not nowhere near the top ten. I mean, it's it's not even close. 
he's just he's a good athlete he's a decent quarterback he's not he's not in five much less the top one I'm looking Brady of course Rodgers of course Mahomes has taken a hit but I would still put him in top five and then the other two positions you can argue right on this season could you put Matthew Stafford in there he's already thrown 16 touchdown passes could you put Dak Prescott in there I could see that as well could you put Kyler Murray Kyler Murray's having a fantastic year the blooms off the rose a little bit on Justin Herbert but before the before Sunday he could have been in the conversation Lamar Jackson is good he's nowhere he's nowhere near the top of the league as an athlete he is fantastic but he still has a way to, to me, he still has a ways to go before you can put him in that top echelon or to where he could even, you know, mention in the, the conversation as top of the league. Yeah, I mean, just a little kind of a funny note here. I mean, I believe he has something like 1,700 passing yards and almost 400 rushing yards. He's got more total yards than... One, two, three, four, five, six, eight teams in the league. That's pretty crazy. That's fantastic. I mean, they're, it's <laughs> but some quarterbacks have that too, right? Like, I think Tom Brady's probably got the same because he's got over 2,000 passing yards right. already. So, <laughs> it, he's making it happen in the air, whereas Lamar Jackson is forced to be an all-around athlete, much in the similar way that Michael Vick had to do that for the Falcons. So, he had to win some games with his legs in addition to throwing it in you know throwing it 70 yards but you know at no point did we ever consider Michael Vick the best quarterback in the league because he was concurrent with Tom Brady as long as Tom Brady's there he's the, he's the guy that's right so <laughs> to be the man you got to beat the man apparently that's the recurring theme this week this is Rick show. Flair this is the nature boy Rick Flair and you know to what? get him on the show I'm sure he would for the right price you know <laughs> I heard he was a Smith and Wilinski tonight with our buddy Dan from high school. So uh, he might be able to make that happen. So let's see if we can get shout out to Smith and Wilinski. I want to stay. Let's make that happen. Bullshit or no shit, number two, the Raiders will still make the playoffs without John Gruden. Yeah, I was torn with this one. But, I mean, this all comes after their triumphant win over the Broncos Sunday. I mean, I think everybody thought they were going to lose that game. And they actually won. I'm going to say no shit. I just think the Chargers and Chiefs are locks. But the rest of the conference, the rest of the, the other AFC conferences are only going to probably get their division winners in. So I think the Raiders, the, the Chargers, and the Chiefs all get in. So I'm going to say no shit. I'm going to call bullshit on it just from the simple fact that they do have a rip schedule. So they still haven't played Kansas City yet. They get, they get Kansas City twice. You're going to have Dallas, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's better than we thought they were. Denver again. You're going to have the Colts. Like maybe the Colts will be, you know, in a position where they're actually a, a good team. I still believe that's a little bit of fool's goal. 
But uh, we'll see how it goes. They're playing hard, especially in light of the circumstances with the John Gruden firing and all of the tumult that went through the, the uh, locker room because of it. They definitely showed up. They did what they needed to do. But, you know, there's two, there were too many tough teams left on this schedule for me to definitively say that, yes, the Raiders are going to be there. Now, they could very well fight for a wild card spot. Absolutely. But, and especially in light of what we are thinking about the Browns. Week 15 at Cleveland could very well be a very interesting matchup, depending on where the Browns are in this experiment, if they flush the season, or if they're, you know, taking it, you know, if they're trying to make a push late in the season. That one is definitely going to be a game that you circle moving forward. I just don't see it yet. I need to see more. I I just want to make sure that this wasn't a little bit of fool's gold on their part this past weekend. Bullshit or no shit. Number three. LeBron and the Lakers not winning any games in the preseason is concerning. They also lost last night to the Warriors. Um... I think they're going to be okay. It's 82 games. They'll make these playoffs. Russ, Mello, Howard, they're all figuring it out. I'm going to say bullshit on this one. But how about the Nets getting blown out and drawing the lowest viewing audience for an opening night game in 14 years? Wow. That is surprising. That is is surprising. (laughs) Yikes. I would have figured they would have pulled in that Miami Heat, we want to watch them lose kind of thing. Just because, you know, everybody hate, everybody loves to root against the Bills. And they're very much the Eastern Conference villain this year. But that is very surprising to me. Not only that, but they played the champs. They played the defending champs. This was supposed to be the Eastern Conference finals last year. True. But it's also Milwaukee. Like, Maybe maybe Milwaukee doesn't move the needle the way we think they do. So well, it's probably a combination of a lot of things. It's probably a combination of like they're not being a lot of Nets fans, right? Their style true. of bat really, you know, elite people like the Warriors do, or the the lore that LeBron does. So maybe that had to do with it. But I saw that this morning. I was like, jeez, that's embarrassing. That is bad, but I'm not concerned at all. I'm calling bullshit on that. The Lakers will figure it out. What they need to figure out is how to get Russell Westbrook integrated into this offense. They need to get LeBron off the ball. They need to have Westbrook on the ball and find a way for LeBron to play off of him. Otherwise, like Russ needs to fill in, fill in a different gap, and you need to figure out how you're going to make this work. Because you invested a lot in this trade, and if you're not going to use him to the best of his capabilities, that is going to be a problem. But if you're looking at the overall West Conference, it, they'll be fine. And will they will they be at the top of the conference by the end? I would say maybe top four. Uh, even so, I could see them floating in the middle of the pack. There's a lot of age on this team. There's a lot of ego on this team. You got to see how it's going to work, but you still have the Nuggets, you still have the Clippers, you still have the Suns, you still have, I mean, the Thunder is 
going to be, or they're going to hang around. You still got the Warriors. The Pelicans, I'm not sure what you're going to be because Zion Williamson apparently ate his weight in the offseason. And he's not where you need to be. Uh, the minutes, the, the Wolves are the Wolves. The Blazers, are they keeping Damian Lillard or are they trading him for Ben Simmons? Like, you know, the Kings are the Kings. The Spurs, eh. And then, of course, the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are going to be there at the end. So that puts you possibly in a 4-5 first-round matchup, maybe even a 3-6, if uh, we're looking at this objectively. But I, I have plenty of faith in the Lakers that they will be there at the end. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, it is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. You know it. You love it. Do you know who was the uh, recipient of this award last week, Dee? I don't. Who was it? That would be a combined effort of Kevin Cash slash the Tampa Bay Rays. And boys and girls, remember, if you want to decide this award, you have to go on our Twitter poll at FadeRouteDNZ. After the show, once it's posted, vote early, vote often, and you can decide who the alleged superstar of the week award is and who takes home the ass your nominees for the week oh i got some good alleged superstars of the week russell westbrook you're up first first game as a laker hometown la it was one to forget under 40 percent from the field 0 for 4 from three and four turnovers only eight points you are my alleged superstar of the week next up is zach wilson and the new york jets Zach Wilson took a picture of himself looking in a mirror with the comments, wish we didn't have a bye week, ready to get after it next Sunday. You're trying too hard, dude. Act like you've been there before. Oh, yeah, and the last time you played the Patriots, you had four interceptions. So use the bye week to not throw four interceptions this week. Zach Wilson and the New York Jets, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and least is Ben Simmons refusing to take part in drills during practice. Got you kicked out of practice. Not going to get traded acting like that, brah. 
All the money in the world can't buy class. Keep acting like that, and not only will you be unable to play in Philly as a 76er, but you're not going to be able to play in Philly as a visitor either. Those are my alleged superstars of the week. All good choices. All deserving choices. Here are mine. Justin Herbert, 22-39, 195, a touchdown, a pick. You got your doors blown off by the Ravens. This was an embarrassing performance. You are my alleged superstar of the week. Montez Sweat. No tackles, no sacks, no nada. Thanks for coming. (laughs) I'm glad you suited up. I'm glad you suited up. Montez Sweat, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Evander Kane. Oh, wow. Bogus vaccination card suspended 21 games by the NHL. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you are my alleged superstar of the week, Evander. And this is the first time we're talking about you. We talked about you with the gambling problem and the point shaving. You are on double secret probation, my friend. What? At least. Wayne Gretzky, the great one. What the fuck was that horrendous side job? You are the greatest. You shouldn't be doing that. You are my alleged superstar of the week award, and I can't believe I said that about Wayne fucking Gretzky. But boys and girls, the Twitter poll will be open soon, and... Just do better, boys and girls. Just do better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep The Fade Route brand only at The Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, brother. It is time for the option for week seven. How'd you do last week? 11 and three. Pretty impressive myself. That is, a, that is a good number. That is a good number. I was at seven and seven. A lot of... A lot of those picks didn't fall. And a few of the, <laughs> the upsets, you know? One of them, I mean, Chargers, Ravens, is what it is. Like, the Bills on Titans, we both had that one, I think. Yeah, you know, we picked the That's our fault, but uh, we'll take it from there. Teams on the bye this week. You're looking at the Bills, Cowboys, Jags, Chargers, Vikings, and Steelers. But first up. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Broncos at Browns. Who you got? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> Would you believe that I'm still not 100% sold on the Broncos, even with all of these injuries? 
I just, the Broncos are in such a tailspin and such a free fall that it gives you pause that maybe the undermanned Browns can pull this off. But no, no, <laughs> not even close. The Broncos are going to win this one pretty handily. Sunday, 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 1 o'clock, Panthers at Giants. Panthers, the Giants. Yeah, I think the Panthers are due. They've lost three really tough games. Um, they really should have beat the Vikings. I, and their defense is very good. Uh, so I, I think they get the ship right against the Giants. Seems what everybody else is doing. That's the is the doormat one of the doormats of the league. But um, I'm going to take the Panthers as well. I don't think it's going to be an offensive game. I think the defense is going to carry them. I really think that they're going to just beat the Giants and Daniel Jones in a submission, especially since they're outmanned as well. It's not going to be close, and you may see Mike Glennon in this one, because you didn't see him last week. Jets at Pats. Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots. I can't imagine how uh, Mr. Muir is going to play down in Foxborough. I saw how he played with the uh, up in New York, so yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm taking the pass as well, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think it's going to be. Just from the simple fact that Davis Mills had decent numbers against the pass defense. So, I think we can say that Zach Wilson is better than Davis Mills. So, uh, maybe? Possibly? Eh? 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 Well, I guess we're going to find out. But, um, I'm going to take the pass. They are too strong, and they are going to overrun the Jets. Chiefs at Titans. Yeah, I think uh, the Chiefs win, but I think uh, King Henry's going to have a monster day. After what I saw against the Bills, and what I've been seeing in terms of turnovers from the Chiefs, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the Titans in this one. I think that they can control the ball with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's not going to make nearly as many mistakes as some other teams, and they might be able to get to Mahomes at least once or twice. So I'll take the Titans, and I'm guessing what you would call an upset, even though the Titans have a better record. Football team at Packers. Uh, yeah, I thought Washington could get right, but not this week. Packers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has a minority stake in the Bears, and I think he's going to open one. He's going to buy a little bit of the football team as well. Packers pretty comfortably. This is a tough one. Falcons at Dolphins. A lot of mediocre this week. A lot of mediocre. Yeah, terrible, terrible. I'm going to take the Falcons. Oh! (laughs) Oh. This is bad. The, The Falcons are bad. The Dolphins are bad. If you could guarantee me that Devontae Parker and Preston Williams and Xavier Howard and Byron Jones were going to play, I'd be tempted to take the Dolphins. But if you can't guarantee me that, and I don't think you can, I'm going to take the Falcons as well. And one in six, the tailspin continues for the fish. Bengals at Ravens. Uh, I actually think the Bengals are going to win this game. I'm taking them in an upset. We are in agreement. I like what Burrow's been able to do. Jamar Chase, get wide receiver. Still not the pick I would have made, but hey, whatever. He's making us look silly right now, and 
I think you, you know the Ravens. They're five and one, but we said it before. This team could easily be two and three, two and four. Like, they just haven't. To me, they haven't been as impressive as their record indicates. We are into the four o'clock slate on Sunday. The zero and six Lions at the five and one Rams. Uh, I'm taking the Rams and my fantasy defense. There you go. Well. Do you see Bluff, or do you see Jared Goff in this one? I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, the Rams are going to take this one 6-1. and one. Lions go to 0-7, and, and Jared Goff probably gets benched. Eagles at Raiders. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Raiders. I think I do think they're a good team. I think from watching the Eagles play, they seem to just like get down and then come back and then still lose. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think Max Crosby and Carl Nassib are going to have a field day with that Eagles offensive line. And Jalen Hurts is going to be in for a long day. I'm taking the Raiders, and it's going to be a pretty handy victory. Texans at Cardinals. The Texans and the Cardinals, huh? (laughs) Cards. It's not even close. Uh, the Texans try hard. I'll give them that. No way. Like this, this team is too complete right now. And they even won last week without Coach Kingsbury. Say what you will about that. But Vance Joseph led the team to victory, and it was an ass whooping. Bears at Bucks. Uh, you know, if the offense was a little better for the Bears, like if they had their running backs. And they had a competent coach, I'd say the Bears. But I'm going to go with Tom and the Bucks. And this game's in Tampa. Even though I think Tom went to Chicago and lost last year. Yeah, the, the, the Bears are just not where they need to be. So I'm going to take the Bucks. And it's going to be a it's going to be a good day for that defensive line against the Bears. And it's not going to be nine sacks bad, but it's definitely going to be pretty bad for Mr. Fields. Sunday night. Oh, boy, Sunday night. Been waiting all day for Sunday night, and I get the Colts at the Niners. I don't know who's playing quarterback, but I'm going to take the 49ers. That, that's a good question. I think it's, it's probably going to be Trey Lance, I think. it's got It's got to be because the alternative is Nate Sudfeld. I don't think Jimmy's... I'm not sure Jimmy's ready, but it's bad. This is bad. Um, I'll take the Colts on the strength of Jonathan Taylor. If he balls out like he did last week, I think they could pretty easily win this game. And you are Monday night delight. The three and two Saints at the two and four Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, the Seahawks, they are they are living on past reputation. Jamal Adams is making and proving that the Jets won that trade week after week after week. And there's no boom anytime soon. Saints win this one pretty easily. This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, 
or iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. you want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up at fade route podcast on ig fade route mail at gmail.com or slide in our dms at twitter at fade route dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.